Praise God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. Making the Bible a priority. Making the Bible a priority. That's what my sermon is on today. That's what I'm going to talk about. But I know you just sat down. One last time, please stand up for the reading of God's Word found in Matthew. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these small things will be added to you. Father God, we thank you. And we ask that you just be with us. Prepare our minds and hearts to receive from you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. And the saints of God said, amen. God bless you as you're seated. Before you talk to people, when you get up in the morning, you're getting ready, you're brushing your teeth, I hope, and you're getting ready. Before you start engaging people or talking to people, I encourage you to talk to God. Get in His Word. Because until you've talked to God, you're not ready to engage with a fallible, ornery, sometimes non-perfect people. Because how many know, sometimes folks, whether it's because you're tired or you're hangry, or whatever the reason is, sometimes folks rub you the wrong way. They get on your nerves. And they may not even be trying to, but it just happens sometimes. But in order for you to navigate that and get through that situation or circumstance, it's better if you've had a little time with God, a little Bible reading with God, a little something to do with God, to get our mind in the right place, to get us in the right perspective, to realize that the world doesn't revolve around me, although sometimes I think it does. See, my goal is to love my neighbor as myself. And do it in such a way that I love God with everything that I have in me. Here's the thing. We turn to a lot of other things and we get excited about a lot of other things. Whether it's NFL, PGA, NBA, the major league, whatever it is. You get excited about it. You get, if it's your CMU, your, game, your team's winning, you act crazy, you get excited. But when it comes time for worship, where are you at? Some of you will buy the jersey paint the face, get the hat, get the tickets, buy the tickets, season tickets, get the subscription, ESPN, whatever it is, you'll, you'll, you'll spend the money, but you haven't invested in a good study Bible. Where are you at? Oh, I'm sorry, can I, you want me to bring it down or you want me to bring it up? You want the truth? For the, for the two of you, How about you, Robin? Can I bring it? Okay, I'm going to bring it then. I don't know what your subscription costs, your magazine costs, or your hat, or your outfit, or your cleats, or your jersey, or whatever it is that you got, but do you have a good study Bible? A good study Bible is going to cost you about $75 with a good commentary. tells you who they're talking about. Apostle Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, when he wrote it, who he's talking to, why he's talking about it, the dates that it happened, the region that they're in. Why do we need to know that? Because we need to know what's going on. Because if he's talking to that church, there's chances that this church needs a little talking to also. And if we, the people, represent the church, there's something in there for us. 
because the church is representative of the body of Christ. Isn't that right, Brother Lonnie? So if he's talking to the people in the church in Ephesus or the Corinthian, he's probably talking to the Mount Pleasant church as well and the people here. So if there's something in there that's starting to stir and he's addressing that church, there's something in there that I could probably apply to my life. But until I know the context of the Bible, the book, the chapter, who he's talking to, which a good study Bible is going to tell you. See, you, you get a good word when you go to church or you listen or tune in on the radio or whatever it is, but it's up to you to go home and rightly divide it, to dig into it. Amen? Because how do you know unless I'm, I might be pulling the wool over your head? I'm not because I put the verses up here. You can turn to it to yourself or click to it or whatever it is that you do. But it's good for you to be a student of the word. I would dare say, if you're a believer, you should be a student. Otherwise, how do you know what it is that you believe? Unless you read this book right here and, and commit it to memory the best you know how, and dive in and study it and rightly divide it, how do you know? You might misinterpret something and go around telling everybody some wrong doctrine, some wrong scripture, or someone's telling you something wrong and you don't know the difference because you don't know the word. That's scary. That's scary because Jesus said when he went, when he ascended in heaven, be careful, there are going to be those who come like wolves in sheep's clothing to deceive you. You know how you know if they're going to deceive you or not? What are they saying? Does it line up with God's word? Rightly divide it. See, we all have needs in our life, and we often run around to other people, places, things, looking for answers, for a solution, maybe for some relief. How about turning to the Word of God? See, we'll hire a therapist to hear our problems, talk about our upbringing, our parents. We'll talk about what we went through or all the stuff... I'm not negating what we went through. I, I've gone through some stuff. Just because I'm a preacher today doesn't mean I ain't gone through some stuff. The stuff is now behind me because I've been washed in the blood. Here's the thing. Some of you are hanging on to your stuff because it's part of what you think your identity is. But it says, when I come to Christ, I am a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So why am I going to talk about the old anymore? You don't know how I used to roll. Maybe I used to roll on some 20s. Maybe I used to be a little something. You don't know what I used to do. But I'm not going to brag about that any longer because that's not as old as dead. It's gone. I am a new creation. Let me tell you about what Jesus did for me, how he saved me, how he delivered me, how he healed me. Sometimes we can relate to others because of what we've gone through. That's a testimony. Great. We say the testimony, but we don't brag about the lifestyle. Well, I used to be pretty good. No. We're not going to give sin any credit. Because had God not saved you, where would that sin have taken you? Here's what's so precious about God's Word. Because when we read in 1 John, or uh, John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, when you read the Word, you're ingesting God Himself. 
I know it's, it's kind of weird, it's, it's an interesting concept, but pretty much when you're reading it, you're getting the essence of the author. If you have a favorite author and you read their books, you know the essence of his books. And when they try to slip in a shadow writer to continue the series, you know something happened. Something's not right here. Something changed because the author changed. The essence of the author is no longer coming through that, that work, that book. But the essence of God permeates his word. This is how I know that, that the word is alive and active. It goes on to say that the word is like a two-edged sword, cutting deep. Cutting, so I'm going to give you a brief analogy, and some of you can relate, some of you maybe not. But uh, two-edged sword, cutting deep, it separates the good and the bad. Now, I, the other day, I went to make me a sandwich. I like sandwiches. And there was some Kobe Jack cheese, a block of it. Now, the problem is that we got slices and we got block. The slices get used first, the block sits around for a while. Now, if you know a good block of cheese, that ain't necessarily cheap. I don't like anything to waste. I, I pull out the Kobe bag and there's a little bit of something discolored and a little fuzzy on this side. So I, I, I took it, I did what a lot of people do. They went through the sniff test. And I'm examining it. Then I took out the knife and I cut away the bad, the moldy, the stinky, and I removed it from the good, the fresh, and the tasty. The Word of God is like that. The Spirit of God gives you the sniff test. Is he a little old, a little funky? like your kid's jersey that he forgot to give you to wash and it's still in the trunk and you pull it out and it could walk itself to the laundry? <laughs> Is your lifestyle one that something's just not right? Now here's the thing. I used to be afraid to go around certain people in my church growing up. Not afraid like they were going to hit me or judge me. This is, I'm going to tell you, because I knew who had right relationship with God. I knew who the Spirit of God talked to. And I was afraid that if I got too near, the spirit of discernment would fall upon them and they might start calling me out. So I would cut, I'm, this is truth. I know some of you, I, those of you who are watching, those of you who are here, if you don't read, we're a full gospel church. We believe in the full power of the Holy Ghost as represented in the Acts church. It, it might seem uncomfortable to you, and I understand that because I grew up as a little Catholic boy, and this was, a lot of this was strange. It was different. But here's what I know to be true, is when I walked by Sister Mary Taniff, I knew, I knew I'd go the whole other way. I'd walk around the church, and the exit's in the corner. I'm like climbing out the window, shutting it behind me. Why? Because I knew Sister Mary Taniff got in touch with the Lord. I knew discernment came upon her. The Holy Ghost talked to her, and she'd be like, How you doing, son? Well, How did last night go? Where were you at? And, I mean, and she's just stomping all over, and I can't tell her the truth, because the truth is going to give me in trouble, because Dad's over the shore like, Yeah, where were you at? You told me you were at your friend. So she knew something was up, but she was being gracious. And then she talked to my dad. Hey, you should take a look at his friends. You should... See what's going on. She didn't rat me out. She could have. The Lord does give discernment. 
Some of you are going through some stuff, and I know. We don't even got to talk. I already know you're going through some stuff. I'm not saying that I am God or all-knowing, but I do know that I'm a spirit-filled believer. And I know that as... Because Scripture tells us to walk quietly amongst... Jesus walked quietly amongst the people. Why? Because when you get in someone's area, their spirit is exuding. Your spirit is exuding. You don't believe me that your spirit exudes something? When you're mad, you go in the house and your dog or cat runs in the other room and not a word was said, you know your spirit's exuding something. So when you've been around this long enough, my wife and I have been in ministry 21 years, you know. You pick up on things. Sometimes you pour into people's life and don't even know it. They think they're just inviting you over for a lunch and you're there to minister. Would somebody take that baby to the nursery? Just kidding. That's my baby. So what I'm saying is when the word of God gets in you and you can, you can start to, not that we are, are spiritual watchdogs, but scripture says know those who labor amongst you. You'll know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their love. If there is no fruit and there is no love, what are you left with? You know what Jesus did to the tree that gave him no figs? Now, we're not going to do that for each other, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to stretch you. I'm going I'm I'm to talk to you. I'm going to ask you some hard questions, but some of you don't want that, and then you'll run away. You'll be like me, climbing out the window, trying to get away from Sister Mary Tana. God bless you, Sister Mary, if you're watching this. I love you. She led my mom to the Lord, and that's how I'm here today. Give honor where honor's due. But the fact of the matter is, when we have those people, we shouldn't avoid them necessarily, but embrace them and talk to them and counsel with them and let them pour into our lives, let them pray for us, but not hide. Because no one's perfect. All... No one's without sin. We all, iron needs a sharp iron, right? Anyone hear that? Iron sharpens iron? Let me ask you this. How can iron sharpen iron if iron and iron never come together? How does that work? If we don't engage some way, somehow, with Scripture, how does the sharpening occur? See, what happens is, similar with cutting off the mold and the cheese, when iron sharpens iron, you have a file, which is iron, and you have a knife that's dull and rusty and ineffective. The file gets to work on the knife and knocks off the rust, knocks off the dust, begins to take the dull away and begins to hone it to a nice, sharp, cutting edge that can be useful again and that can be go back to its purpose, its original purpose. A knife is meant to cut, but if it's dull and rusty, it can't cut like it used to cut. It maims, it smushes, it crushes. But until a knife meets a file or a stone, it can't be shaped back into what it was. The Word of God is that two-edged sword that cuts away the junk out of your life when you get into it. For example, like worshiping. Sometimes when you worship, there's a couple things that happen. When you start to get to worship, when you're coming into God's presence, God is the God of lights, the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes from the God above, the Father of lights. The light of God shines down on us, and if there's any darkness in us, it becomes more obvious when you, the closer you draw to God. Are you with me? So the closer you draw, two things are going to happen. God's going to reveal something to you, and you've got to confess it and ask for forgiveness so you can draw closer. 
or Satan's going to beat you up with it and make you feel bad and cause you to pull back. It's up to you to choose. Are you going to draw closer? You want scripture for that? I'll give you two examples. When, when the, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Moses through a burning bush, don't come any further, take off your shoes, you're on holy ground. What you wore, walking around the world, doing whatever it is that you did, you can't wear in my presence. Take that junk off out there. Joshua, when he encountered the angel of the Lord, ready to pull his sword, ready to fight. Joshua's a bad dude. And he says, are you for me or against me? He says, I'm not for either one. I'm the angel of the, the army of the Lord. Take off your shoe. We can't continue this conversation until you deal with that stuff. But sometimes we don't want to let go of the stuff. We like the stuff. We want to keep doing it. We know it's not anything we're proud of. We're not bragging about it. We just don't want anyone else to know about it. And we don't want no one to talk to us about it. Let me do me and you do you. Well, Scripture says no. It says snatch your, butter, your brother up from the fire. How do I snatch my brother up from the fire unless I look and see that he's burning? Well, some would say, well, you're judging me. Okay, well, I could stand outside the window and see you burning in your house and be like, he don't want me to interfere because he thinks that's judging. Burn, baby, burn. Get, baby, get the marshmallows. I'm going to come on here. Or do you want me to kick down that door with a fire extinguisher? Save your butt, drag you out, give you some fresh air, which is the word of God, some power and praise, the presence of God, to pray with you in the spirit, to intercede for you, to do whatever it is. Like, son, listen. Woo! Jesus, put out the fire. One, bring some healing. Two, restore and new, made new, right? The old is gone. Bring new. And then help them walk it out. It's just like a baby. When they start walking, it is a little wobbly. Right? We got baby Christians. We can't judge them and beat them up if they mess up. Everyone else. We got to help them, come alongside them. But we can't come alongside you unless you come alongside us. Then we can walk arm in arm and be like, hey, brother, you st I see you're getting a little weak. I feel the pressure, but that's all right. Lean on me, and I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to talk to those who struggle with pride and ego. You ain't going to do this alone. It's not going to happen. Jesus sent them out two by two. He did it for a reason. Because if one's by himself... He might stumble and fall, can't get up. He might be overcome by the enemy. He might grow cold, can't warm himself up. But two, you get much more. It says one casts a thousand to flight, and two, ten thousand. You mathematicians can tell me what the, the return, the rate of return is on two. But then if you had a third, and you were fourth. Now, I'm a, here's another nugget. Lord's just dropping nuggets. Hopefully you guys are paying attention. See, when you're at home, you need to worship at home. When you come, you need to bring the fire with you when you come to church. And when you bring your fire, and you bring your fire, and I bring my fire, and he brings hers, and, she, and we bring it together, now we're going to burn this place down, right? Burn it down, blow it up, whatever. There's going to be some heat. There's going to be some glow. There's going to be something is going to change when we all bring that. But here's the problem. A lot, a lot of folks today, they come to church and they're like, here I am, light my fire. I mean, we're going to try, but it's all wet and soggy. 
got some moss growing on there. I mean, we got to dry it out first. We gotta, that's what you do throughout the week. Get your kindling ready with the Word of God, with prayer, with worship, with sitting in His presence and letting Him pour into you. Now you're stoked. Now you're ready. You can, even if you bring in just a little spark, oh, we can blow, the Spirit of God will blow and get that thing roaring again, roaring again. And when you have logs in the fire and you bring them together, it's nice, it's big, it's warm, it's effective. You can cook on it. It can purify things. It can do all kinds of stuff. But you take a log out and set it by itself, a little egomaniac, over here by itself, it's soon going to go out. It may burn for a little while, yes, for a little bit. If one can cast a towel, a thousand flight, two can cast ten thousand, that is why. Because David, you know King David in the Bible? You guys remember David? Man after God's own heart. One of the reasons was he was quick to repent. Secondly, he knew how to worship. And he would worship by himself. But look at how excited he got when he, they said, and my heart overcome with joy when they said, let us come to the house of the Lord to worship. He knew the power of corporate prayer and worship. There's something more powerful. If we use that math, one, a thousand, two, ten thousand, and we got 80 to 100 people up in here, what can we do if you come with your fire lit? We, Wednesday nights are starting. Show up. Here we go. So... Get in the Word of God. Here it is. Live it out. This is something interesting that I'm going to be transparent. The Lord's dealing with me, especially with doing these, these baby dedications and, and talking about um, leaving a legacy. This verse in Deuteronomy really uh, just hit home with me because I know that I can do better. We all can do better, right? All right. Well, I'm going to try anyway. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. When it says these commands, this is the word of God. In the Old Testament, I'm going to teach you just real quick. When you hear the law and the prophets, when you ever hear that word, they're talking about the Bible. Because in the, during that time, there was no New Testament yet. The apostles weren't born yet. They didn't write the word yet. So the Bible they had was called, broken up in two parts. The law, the Torah, and the prophets. So when he says these commands, this, that's the Bible. Commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. This is part of training up a child. Talk about them when you're at home and while you're on the road. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them around your hand and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. As we look at that, you can pretty much sum it up. Whenever, wherever you go, you should be thinking or talking about the Word of God. Yes, we have other things we talk about. I like to fish, I like to hunt, I like to talk about those things, but somewhere in there, I got to bring up God. All right? Well, let me give you an example. Our brother Casey's been showing some big fish. He caught some big fish. That is amazing. I'm glad he did that. It's part of his side business that he does. He catches fish, brings people to catch fish. And I'm like, Lord, I didn't know you made them like that. I, that is an awesome thing, and I, I want to give me one. His creation. Someone, you know, an athlete hits a home run, runs something like, whoo, the Lord blessed him with that talent, skill, and ability. I pray that that person... Gives God the honor and the glory. 
I'm going to appreciate their, their athleticism and whatever it is that they did, whatever situation, but somewhere, somehow, you got to recognize God, right? Because we are only temporary. Our skills may diminish with our age. Our looks may diminish with our age. Our knowledge might get foggy as our, as with age, with our mind, but God is eternal, amen? Get in His Word. Get in His Word. It is very important to memorize, repeat, and practice doing what the Bible says. See, just knowing it isn't enough. You've got to allow it to be that two-edged knife that cuts through separating the bad. You've got to apply it and do what it says. I know some of... I had a friend who was raised in church, and he's living like the devil... Drinking, sleeping around, getting high, doing everything that ultimately gave him a lot of heartache. It led to destruction. Right? Sin is fun for a season. I'm gonna, okay, it's getting quiet. I, I know I'm hitting a nerve. Sin is fun for a season, yes. It's fun to drink, get a buzz, forget about the day until you become an alcoholic. Now you're, parent, now you're using your, your, your mortgage money to support your habit. And then your family suffers. It was fun, right? Yay, party! Until it wasn't fun anymore. It's fun, it's fun to, you know, to get that attention from that guy or that gal. They love me. Oh, and you're doing stuff that, you know, and you may be doing a lot of it. Hey, I'm not judging. You know, sin or sin. That's what they do best, right? Until, until what? Until something negative. I'm trying to keep PG, you know. But until you end up with cooties. We're going to pray for a healing, but maybe you should have not done that. See, sin is fun until it's not fun anymore, and then it takes more than you, what you thought it was going to take. And to, to recover from that is going to take more. See, somebody like, don't tell me what to do, I just want to have fun. I, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, I'm just saying your fun is going to lead to destruction, heartache, brokenness. And it's going to rob the best that God has intended for you. And God's call is without repentance, meaning the call is still there. You can still achieve it. It's just going to take longer now because now you just got to straighten some stuff up. I've been there. I know. I'm not preaching as some high and mighty guy. No, I've been there. I had to work it out. The Lord call, had to call my life a lot sooner than what I answered it. When, the word of, when you allow the Word of God to guide you and you start to practice it, doesn't mean you're perfect, but it's going to help you. It's like guardrails. You're, you're cruising over here and you hit the guardrail. Oh, i gotta, I got to course correct. i got to do better. i got to keep this car, this vehicle, this body in check. And I, I just want to say right now, I love you guys. I'm not judging anyone. And this, you know what's really hard about preaching, Brother Lonnie? When you're looking out in the crowd, you don't, I'm not looking at anyone specific. A lot of time I'm looking at your hair. Or looking above you. I'm, from the heart, really. And one, one, once while someone will smile or do something, and then I'll, then I'll see your face. But I don't want anyone to think that I'm preaching at you, or I'm picking at you, or using you as an example. And like right now, I'm just staring at the clock. You didn't know that, did you? And it looks like I'm looking at you over there, brother. I just saw you smile and it popped out, but I was looking at the open window. Because I just don't want anyone to think that I'm, I'm coming at you, Right? So if Satan's leading you to believe that, I bind that now in the name of Jesus. That's an attack from the enemy. Let us practice together 
what the Bible says. Everyone who is, um, this is something. If you practice what the Bible says, it's going to help you. It's going to help you. This is, I have friends and family who have been in prison and, and have been incarcerated. And I, in every one, in every situation, I can look and see where they violated the word of God. And by doing so, it ended there. That wasn't their plan. That wasn't their destination. That's not what they wanted. But I can see they violated this law or this commandment or this example. Also, those who are successful, and I use success by a worthy, the worthwhile realization of a, a, a worthy goal. A mom who's dedicated to raising her kids is successful. A dad who does the best at his job is successful. I'm not talking about billionaires, multi-million. I'm just saying success as achieving a worthy goal. Are you with me? When you look at anyone who has that level, who you look and like, they got it tight, they're doing it right, I can show you principles that they are applying. Whether they know God or not, they can still apply the principles of God. I know unbelievers who tithe. Crazy, I know. Messing with my wife's head. I know multimillionaires who tithe 50 grand a month because they know the principle of sowing and reaping. You know, sowing and reaping is not just if you sin, you're going to get judged and punished. You give a smile, you're going to get a smile. At least not over here you will, not that side. You're going to get one over here. Just kidding, guys. I love you. You reap what you sow in all areas. Kindness and grace, you're going to get kindness and grace back. Love and understanding and compassion, you're going to get love and understanding and compassion. We've got to apply those principles. So similar with the folks who are locked up, God help them. God can restore and be with them. They just got a lot of cleaning up they got to do. But God can do it. He can make them a new creation. But you can point clearly where they violate the Word of God. And those who seemingly are successful in some way, somehow, you, I can see the principles of God doing whatever their hand finds to do with all their might. That, that's going to help you out. Not lying, not cheating your boss. Give them a solid day's wages. Oh, I can see that in the Word of God. Loving their neighbor as themselves. Not arguing with your fellow employees or students or honoring those who are above you in the Lord. Honoring the principle of leadership. You, if you follow the Bible, you're going to have a happier, healthier life. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through some bumps. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through some trials and tribulations. But what it does mean, you can overcome those things more successfully by the grace of God. Amen? Yes. And here's one of my favorite verses. I'm going to end with this. And I, and I had, uh, this wraps it up for me. And you know, the Bible says, it's, it, it, it most of the time speaks in a, a gender male role, but it, when it says man, it means everyone. I can't correct why God did that, but that's what it is. But this applies for all of us. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. One. Or stand in the seat of sinners, or sit in the seat or, of mockers. But his delight, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree that's planted by the streams of water, which bears its fruit and season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff, like dust, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. 
Because we're going to be separated, sheep and goats. That's a lesson for another time. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. We look at this verse. Blessed is the person who doesn't sit. Let's look at it. Walk in the, in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, or seat in the, uh, uh, the seat of mockers. Who do you have around you? Who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? If you have any mockers or sinners or wicked people in and around you, you better be witnessing to them. Otherwise, they're witnessing to you through their actions. Come on, man, let's go. The party's on tonight. It's popping. Let's go. They're witnessing to you. Come on, let's go do this. Oh, girl, you're looking fine. Come on over here. Let me holler at you for a minute. I just want to talk. I just want to get to know you better. Just come over here. Share with me your story. It's, it's loud in there. I don't want to be in there. It's loud. Let's go over here where it's private. Let's just talk a little bit. Tell me about yourself. It's a little cold out here. Let me slip my arm around you. You guys, you picking up one foot? Some of you are laughing because you went through it. You had to bust that guy in the head and run, get, get in the counsel of the godly. Right? Am I lying? I don't want it to get awkward. Is that, okay, too late. But what I'm telling you is truth, amen? And we can apply this to our life. So when you are around folks and you're, the, the, the pressures are coming and the temptations are coming and they're suggesting things that perhaps aren't the right thing, you know you're not in the right place. You need to find the exit door really quick. They might be your friends, but are they really your friends? Do they love you like your Christian brothers love you if they're trying to get you to do something? Because sin leads to death. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How much do they love you if they're trying to get you to do something that you shouldn't be doing? That's not love. That's misery, love, and company. That's what that is. So make it, hey, man, good, hey, good looking out. Thanks for inviting me. I got to go. I got to go read my Bible. <laughs> we hide it in our heart. Blessed is the man who delights in the Word of God. And we read that one in Deuteronomy. When you rise, when you fall, when you walk, when you go on the doorpost, talk to you about your children, talk to it with you. And I, I, like, I like stuff like Brother Lami, like, hey, Pastor, what about this? Pa He'll text me. What about Abraham? What about this? And we start this dialogue. We're discussing the Word of God. I love that. I'd rather talk about that than how the game goes. Do you think he, he, you think he, you know, was that a passenger's interference or not? You know, was it? Okay, not that I don't ever talk about that stuff. That's, that's okay. But more importantly, you're right. What about Abraham? What about that? And you know, he was old because his name went from Abram to Abraham. That shows what I've been talking about. The old is gone and the new has come. Jacob meant trickster. That was his old name, but God called him Israel, father of a nation. He's changed your identity. You're no longer what you used to be. You are a new creation. Amen? Give him a hand clap of praise. So I just want to encourage you as we bring this into a close. We're going to pray in just a moment. And whoever's going to bring the benediction, please come on up. I want to encourage you, get into the Word of God. At first, it's going to seem like a chore. Don't read from the beginning to the end. That's not good. 
No, that's not good. You're going to get to a section in Numbers, he begot, he begot, he begot. Uh-uh. You got permission to skip that one this time. As, a, as an ambassador for Christ, I'm giving you, you can glance over it. There's a reason for that. If you go to the original language and you look at it, it tells a story. But unless you're ready to get down and dirty like that, just, just breeze over it. Get a Bible that perhaps is a uh, Bible in a year. You have Old Testament, New Testament, a Psalm, and a Proverb. That's a good way to go. If you don't want to do that, start with Proverbs. There's a chapter for each day of the month. Read the pro and they're easy. There's a lot of wisdom in there. If you like poetry, your poetry, Song of Solomon's, Ecclesiastes. You like action and adventure, read Kings and 1 Samuel. There's something in there for you. And if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We want to bless you with one today. You don't have a Bible. You don't have a Bible. Raise your hand again. Brother Lion's going to hook you up. If you don't have a Bible, we don't want you to leave here without your sword. It's the only offensive weapon in the armor of God. When Jesus was encountered by Satan and he was tempting him, he only used Scripture to combat him. It's powerful and effective. Powerful and effective. Get into the Word. Love it. At first, it's going to be difficult, challenging. Bad habits are. But if you push through, there's an uh, eternal blessing for you on the other side. Amen? Praise God. Welcome. I'm glad you were able to tune in. This week at Faith Community, we talked about making the Bible a priority in your life. The essence of the word was talk to God before you talk to people. Remember the word. It said, blessed is the man who meditates on God's word day and night. It says, whatever he does prospers. His leaf will not wither and he's going to bear much fruit. I want that for you and for me. Make God, his word, your priority today. Remember, tune in at Faith Community Church on Facebook. Hit like and subscribe and share it with someone. God bless. Mm -hmm.